the start, the struggles, the pain and joy. This is how you started lah podcast. Hello people, uh, today our next guest, as you guessed it right, he is also a stand-up comedian. He's the co-founder of the Crack House Comedy Club and a bit of fun fact, uh, he was the host, the MC of my first ever stand-up comedy show back in February 2012. So let's welcome Rizal Van Gezel. Hello, or now I'm Rizal Van Gezel because there's no L at the end of my name. I don't know if that's important for people. They probably don't care. Yeah. Uh, but just, so, I, it, it was just the first thing I saw when I looked up at the laptop. And, hey, just like if your name was Gajin Nad without the D, you'd just be Gajin Nah. Yeah, like I'm being handed over yeah. to another family, Gajin. Yeah, I'm Gajin Nah. I'm yeah. Uh, yeah. So for the listeners, we're actually uh, using a Zencaster, and yeah, I think they have a character limit. So yeah, Rizal Van Gazel was is without the L. Okay. And okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we've got uh, Rizal here, and as I mentioned, he was actually the uh, the MC of my uh, first uh, stand-up comedy show, which was uh, Comedy Cow Cow. This was at the B in February 2012, and interestingly, that show was actually usually hosted by Jason. But yes. I believe, I believe, on February, Jason couldn't make it and got Rizal to host instead. And uh, I'm one of the very few comedians who was able to see Rizal in a full suit. So not many people have seen Rizal in a full suit hosting a show. Actually, so, yeah. actually, you have to. Uh, actually, yeah, because you, you don't book me for corporate events, Gajan. That's why you don't see me in a suit. <laughs> There's a nice one. There's another. The, the, the Chinese side coming in a bit. <laughs> yeah, you pay me, and then I dress up. Ah. <laughs> That's true. Okay, Rizal, as we were talking before we started recording this. So you said that you started a comedy around uh, 2002-2003. Well, seriously, it was 2009. Yeah. But as like your, uh, what do you call it? As your, to break your virginity was 2002-2003. So I didn't know about yeah. this. Yeah. So could you share a bit, uh, bro? So, so the, to, yeah, when I, when I was in UITM, Shalam, uh, my sister challenged me to do a stand-up comedy at an open mic night. In a place oh. in Central Market. It's in Central Market, dude. This is a place called Liquid Bar, uh, oh. legendary place back back then uh, for the for the party people for the for the nineties uh, clubbers. And their their open mic night was uh, literally open mic. So people did magic show, people did dance routines, people sang songs. Literally could do anything. My oh, sister told okay, me that okay. hey, hey, go up there and tell your jokes, you know. And uh, back then, I didn't know how you do stand-up comedy. I literally went up there and told dinner table jokes. You know, dinner table jokes like the Englishman, the Irishman, the Scotsman walk into a bar and all these yeah. kind of jokes. You know this. Uh, 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 but, yeah. And 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 the people. And, I mean, I, uh, so I it was it was completely not stand-up. Uh, now that I've well, from what I've learned, not thinking back, it's not stand-up. But I didn't know. I had no idea. Uh, yeah. So I did that once. And I, I think I, I performed for like 25 minutes and the crowd really enjoyed it. The venue owner said, please come back and do it again. And I did. And then... Wait, sorry. Uh, 25 minutes, uh, bro. Yeah, I did 25 minutes. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Back then, no no control. No uh, yeah, timekeeper. Yeah. Nobody to light you out down. They just sit there and layan only. They never... Uh, uh. <laughs> they never... There was no... There was no... Uh, there was no format lah back then. Right, right. Got it. Yeah. So... Uh, and probably nobody else was there to perform, uh, and and there was nobody else watching anyway. There was like seven people watching. 
Uh, and then, uh, the next thing, and then the, the next time I did it, uh, Harith was in the audience. He saw me and I, I ate shit. I bombed. I, I bombed so badly for, uh, for like 15, 10, 10 to 15 minutes. I bombed so badly. And then, uh, but still he, he, he brought me around to his corporate gigs. He let me open for him at his theater show in back then, what uh, active studio in Bangsa shopping center. And mm. also, I got the opportunity to meet and open for Jit Murat back in the day when Jit was fucking awesome at his prime in stand-up, really. Uh, mm. Yeah, who who became uh, as big, if not bigger, inspiration to me to do comedy in Malaysia, to be a comedian, be a Malaysian comedian. But I, but Jit was very articulate and very intelligent and very sophisticated. I was nowhere near uh, in any way. If I if I knew if I wanted to be as good as Jit, I would have to have some kind of life experience. And at the age of twenty one, you imagine you have no life experience, you know. Mm, so mm. that's why I decided to take a sabbatical from comedy uh, and mm. to finish my finish pursuing my degree in hotel management and do some traveling a bit. And I I got to live live overseas like every other Malaysian student. Everybody went to Australia, went to the UK. I went to the US. Mm. And, I was in Sanwe, uh, bro, son. Uh, n- n- nice one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was it was a real I went from Shalam, UITM Shalam, to uh, Johnson and Wales, North Miami, Florida. So you imagine yeah. the the contrast. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. Anyway, so uh, I you know bachelor's in hotel management was more like a I got more like a bachelor's in partying you know you go to Miami you don't really study <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. and I, th- I saw a few comedy shows in America I saw Jerry Seinfeld live I saw uh, Carlos Mencia live I saw a bunch of but you know I didn't avidly go is that the right word I didn't frequent open mic nights and sign up to perform no man I was too busy chasing girls and mm. uh, <laughs> uh, drinking rum and other mm. things that I feel like I'm scared to mention here because this will be aired in public and I want to keep uh, I don't want to go to jail so yeah. let's just keep it at that anyway so <laughs> you know I mean since it's Miami you know I was there for five years man five years five ultra music festivals five reggae festivals oh god <laughs> anyway and uh, you is that where you picked up your I know you used to do martial arts right Capoeira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so is so, that where you picked I mean, it up? Yeah, I, I, I picked it up because I was, uh, I was spending too much money on booze and substances <laughs> that I needed a healthy habit. I needed to turn yeah. my life around a little bit. I was getting a little bit. I was even getting depressed to be. I was, I was just like, you know, not at all. I was just not. It was just not a good time. You know, like, just, you know, I, I, yeah, it got a bit crazy. I'm just gonna say that. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you I, must I, have I've, you must I've have partied a lot, life. right? Yeah. Because like if you went to I mean like you said like you you performed with Harith Jit Murad and then you went to America and you watched Jerry Seinfeld, didn't that like uh, ring a bell? Like hey, do you want to go back to stand up? Unless yeah, the partying yeah, yeah. was like overwhelming, lah. Yeah, yeah, party was just too overwhelming. Uh, the people there were amazing. It was like yeah, I want you know it's nice to become a comedian, but fuck that. Right now it's woo party, just like. <laughs> Yeah, it was very hard to focus, lah. Let me just say, if you're in Miami, it's really hard to focus. So I yeah. th- that's when I I had, I found martial arts. I needed something to keep me centered, to keep me grounded, to, and uh, and then I fell in love with that, and I I did that religiously, 
and then after that, I I came home. I came home because uh, I couldn't find jobs anymore. It was it was at it was at the two thousand and eight uh, economic downturn. Oh, the, the crisis, the, the global, right? the crisis. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. The, so where American banks were just giving loans and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I couldn't renew my my visa anymore. So I anyway I decided you know what uh, must be uh, calling time to come home. So I I went mm. home and then next thing I know there's a big nice there's a little comedy community comedy scene going on. Uh, be and and Time Out Comedy Thursday under the editorship mm. of Matt Belotti. Yeah, I think he propelled the KL comedy scene to Definitely. the next level. So that was I came home and there was already a, the the talk of the town was live Malaysian stand up comedy in yeah. Jalan Ampang in Zouk you know Zouk when Zouk was in Jalan Ampang mm, Velvet uh, right underground yeah Velvet underground oh beautiful yeah. room beautiful room I saw I went to a show I saw Papi Zak I saw uh, I saw Kevin J I saw uh, I can't. I wish I knew their names. But a few other the KL, the open micers back then who are not around anymore. Steve Northcott. I saw Steve Northcott. Mm, I think mm, I saw mm. Punchiho. So then mm. I wrote to I wrote to the editor Matt Belotti. I'm like, hi, my name is Riza Van Gazel. I would like to do a spot on the open mic night. I got a response immediately. Yes, we've heard of you. Oh yeah, you used to do blah 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 blah. blah. I got a spot. Uh, I got mm. a spot. I went there. I performed. Harith and Douglas all came to watch. The first mm. time my my I performed uh, since coming back from America, mm. they sat in the front row, and uh, I did twenty one minutes. I did at least more than twenty oh. minutes. I, I yeah yeah yeah, and it was they it gave was you howling. that time. Yeah, they gave me that time. I, they were howling, dude. They were howling. Mm. I was talking a shit about God knows what, but they were howling in that room. Mm-hmm. And I just did not know when to stop. I just kept going, kept going, kept going. At the end, I just looked at Matt and I was like, "I think I'm done, Matt." And then Matt was like, "Hey," came up, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, Matt was very generous. He gave a lot of time to people who didn't deserve them, me included. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it was only later on, about three years later, when Calvin and I ran one mic stand and we started to talk to the headliners and. And get more exposed to you know stand up comedy. Then and so then we realized, oh, people should have less time in open mic night. People shouldn't mm. have more than five minutes. In fact, they should have three minutes if it's their first yeah. time. And until yeah. they develop, so that's only later on we found out. And then by the time we found out that golden rule that uh, that shortening your time tightens you and makes you a better comedian, we had already been spoiled by the ten minute slot. 15 20 minutes slots we were given you understand what i mean so yeah. so we so we had to implement this rule at our open mic nights that we were ourselves running because we had i mean uh, apart from time out there was no other platform and uh, no other venue owner was experienced enough or knows how to run a good comedy show uh, you know they were more focused on playing live football on their tv and all that so um, mm. we we ran the shows Uh, and and it was in PJLA, uh, Chilean, yeah. and even Riza Kamal also helped put this uh, deal together. Kevin uh, mm. kind of elected me at that time to help me host the show. See, like he cannot a weekly show is a lot of work. He cannot do it alone. Yeah. He needs another person to help host. And I was like, dude, of course, sure, let's do it. So this is this is the birth of one mic stand, two thousand twelve, right? Two thousand twelve. 
Yeah, I remember the first episode. Uh, yeah, the LOL was there with another guy. Is his name Kelvin? Uh? Kelvin Khan or something like that. Oh, Kelvin Khan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember him setting up the, the, what do you call that? The Buntings. You know, the the grey. You remember the grey Buntings? Kelvin was was, uh, Rizal's intern back then. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so then we, we then learn, oh, you know, we learn how to run tighter shows better. Through the open mic nights, we not just learn how to be good comedians, but we also learn how to be good comedy show runners. You know, mm, keeping mm. everybody set tight, make sure the host does all the house cleaning, make sure that, you know, and, and we were making a lot of mistakes, you know, as as, as you do. Uh, yeah. But eventually, yeah. we got tighter and tighter. Like, and then, uh, mm. yeah, yeah, we had, yeah. Yeah, because I noticed, uh, I think the first two years of One Max 10, we didn't have a time limit. Yeah. And then after yeah. that, uh, and then because uh, in 2014 was my first time, I think, going to Singapore. And I noticed Singaporean communists, they they stick to their time. They're always, hey, how much yeah. of time? Huh? Did I finish then? But I noticed in Malaysia, a bit relaxed. And then I think, twenty was it 2014 or 15, we started having the light. You know, like uh, one minute to yeah. time. And then then we, we, we saw like a change in the scene here. We, we yeah. started getting tighter. We started being more disciplined yeah. on stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there are things that we picked up maybe later than other scenes, admittedly, mm. uh, which isn't the case. But it certainly does help. La. I remember Lars, Lars Calio, just told me one rule he was practicing in Canada where he said that, if, especially when you're running an open mic night, uh, mm. if the comedian that's performing a either a three, four, five minute slot starts off by saying a round of applause for your host or how's everybody doing tonight? That comedian is out. Then mm. they turn off the mic, he has to get off stage. Mm. So and I asked Lazar, like, wow, interesting rule, huh? He like, Yeah, that way, uh you the comedian practices to eliminate unnecessary fluff. And go straight down to the meat, straight down to your jokes, you know. And yeah. I was like, "Oh, interesting rule." And I told Lars, I'm, "Can I use that at our open mic night?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure, please. I'd be very honored that you use that rule." Cause I, I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'll use that rule." And then we used it. I told the comedians, "Okay, look, uh, nobody except the closer of the night can say, give it up for your host or or the act before me, and ask mm. the crowd, how's everybody doing tonight.'" And I implemented that rule and immediately we saw improvement, man. We saw immediately how everybody, the, the, the night felt so professional. The audience were not lethargic in listening to the same fluff again and again. Like, yeah. oh, how's everybody doing? Good. Are we having fun? Yes. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, yeah. it's just like sometimes when you go to a kanduri uh, and you see your Malay friends, they always ask you the same question. Abba? Abba? Namakan? Namakan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like lethargic, like boring both times really, you know. It makes the day yeah. go longer. When you have yeah. people like that ask you same mundane questions, the days just stretch yeah. out too long. You know what I mean? It's like Correct. Huh. Uh, so yeah, I mean And it we, and it doesn't we, make sense really because the question has already been answered by the first person who asked that. So why want to repeat exactly. that? Yeah, so so exactly. technically it doesn't make sense to ask that question here. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which also brings me like sometimes, I mean, we are all guilty of it, uh, you know, of, of asking rhetorical questions to the audience when we are performing. I mean, like, who here 
Anyone here like music? Make some noise. Who the hell there is going to go like, no, I, I, I hate music. I, I despise yeah. the sound of melody and, and cheer. I don't like cheer and fun and good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no point. Just do the joke. Do the joke. Yeah, yeah. Unless you have a joke, unless you have a ready response for something, uh, then yeah. that's funny. Like, uh, for, for you, I'll give you two examples of yours. One, one, the good thing that you do is that when something you say like, Malaysians in the room make some noise. Woo! Now, immigrants make in the room make some noise. Woo! This is funny. It's ironic. Mm. It's sarcastic. It's very funny. Okay? And then another one you do, which is completely irrelevant, is, how's everybody doing? Make some noise! It's like, you ask them how they're doing, but then you prompt them for the response that they need to give. So you're not mm. genuinely asking them how they're doing. You know what I mean? Mm. But to be fair, on your on your side, you're just trying to get to live and up the room. That was actually a very terrible example, Gajan. I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But... You know, it's true, it's true. Yeah. Now they have said it, I've realized that I've really answered the question for them. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you ask you ask them questions, you answer it for them. You're like, yeah. are we are we all are we having fun? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, they're gonna go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the the I, the thing that I change is uh, I no longer do that in my set now. Uh, only yeah, I mean, most thing. Yeah, last time I used to do thing, that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when I when, last time I remember, like uh, whenever I start my set, uh, how are we doing tonight? Then ever since you came up with that rule, then I was like, actually that makes sense. Like why why am I asking a question if I already know the answer? Like, right, but when you're hosting, it's fine. Then you leave that line for the host, and then because if the host and the comedians do it, you can imagine how draggy it sounds, right? Yeah, yeah, they'll feel yeah. very tired, lah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, thing that is, that, yeah. Another thing yeah, is, another, another thing is uh, you were, I believe you left the hotel management uh, stuff in 2014, right? Am I correct? So was it 2014 in, when you started Crack House? I, I, I quit my full-time job July 2013. I incorporated, ah. yeah, I incorporated a company with Shankar and another mm. business partner that left... Uh, due to commercial crime. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, but we have a lot to owe him for when we open. So I'll give him a name. It's John Jonathan Atherton. So me, Jonathan Atherton and Shankar formed a company in November 2013. We were venue hunting from then on and we didn't find anything until April. April, we found the Tamantun Dr. Ismail shop lot above then, back then, now it's original H&A, but back then, the Deutsches Gasthaus, which mm. is a very, which is the German guest house. Mm. And without, without the T, Mary Burke pointed out, without the T, it becomes German gas house. So, <laughs> we, 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 we saw, yeah, and we, yeah, so we, then, yeah, that's how we found TTBI. Ah, okay. Because I, I realized also, because at that time, there's one period of time where you were handling Crack House and you were still the showrunner for One Mic Stand. Yeah, that's and right. That's yeah, like yeah. Really was, hardcore. How did that period go for you? Because I know there's an overlap before you really let go to, you know, uh, Brian, Prakash and Kiran. Yeah. So, How did that period go for you? Like 2014 to 20... I know 2015 you let go to them, but 2014 yeah, well, to 2015, how was that for you? Well, Coven was there actively getting people to sign up, organizing the lineup. I would just come in and host 
uh, do the alternate hosting. You know, he hosts, I host, he hosts, I host, he hosts, mm-hmm. I host. So we was we still had that arrangement going, uh, and then uh, yeah, and then Tuesday we was the day we decided Crack House will close because one mic stand has the open mic night on Tuesday. So it was like that, and then I I kind of it, you know uh, it kind of naturally just was handed down to then Prakash, Brian, and Kiran lah. Uh, and when I was asked about, you know, my thoughts, okay, we're going to hand, you know, Kevin and Ch- Chilean says it. I think Chilean had somebody else in mind actually, and I don't know who it was, but Kevin and I didn't want. We like, nope. We like, we mm-hmm. submitted Brian Prakash and Kevin's name in uh, something like that. Yeah, and then um, uh, that's how. Yeah, and then they took over from there. And then, yeah, uh, sadly, we all know where one mic stand is now. Mm. It That's was good for a while, though. It was it was great for a while. They did wonders from it, you know. Yeah. Uh, they were doing so well with it, and we were doing a lot of. I mean, I would say that we we did, we did a lot of uh, unconscious collaborations, like collaborations without collaborating. You know, we had we what we did at at uh, Crack House you'd see it at one mic stand and vice versa what happened at one mic stand you see it at crack house you know so we were kind mm-hmm. of we were kind of like non-verbally sort of working together you know it was, you know it was it was a nice little chemistry going on until things started to get a bit weird yeah. uh it started to get a bit weird and I, and I really don't know why uh it was the vibe just started to become and I hate to say it competitive and I really mm. didn't, and I really to this very day have no idea why or how it had ever gotten to that. Because we've always made way that we don't clash. We've always offered opportunities to collaborate. We've always offered our space as a space for them. We've always basically had, we have, we've given olive branches enough to start a bloody olive oil uh, manufacturing Place mm. la. you know we mm. we were and I don't even know why I'm saying olive branches. It's not like there was ever fallout to begin with, but it was just weird. It was okay. I remember they lost the venue. They lost one mic. Uh, they lost Jaya one. They lost the uh, PGLA right. Yeah. And then they were looking for a new venue, and yep. Shankar and I approached them and said, "Hey, please take up Crack House. We will definitely." Oh, even back then. Oh, in 2016. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. We offered them up, and if you look, if you really want more proof on this, read up on Shankar's article. He actually wrote it down in the NSP, dude. <laughs> Seriously, uh, uh, and uh-huh. I, and and I'll bring it up, and I'll bring up why later. Okay, so right. so uh, we offered our space, like guys, please take up Crack House on Tuesday nights. You know, uh, you know, uh, and and the floor is yours. You know, we'll just we'll just take care mm. of the servicing, and you guys can handle the show entirely on Tuesday night. Oh no, back then I remember Brian and Prakash that said that they wanted to keep the Pataling Jaya postcode. That was their that was their reason. So we thought, okay, that's a little bit little bit little bit uh little bit um whatever it is, it's your yeah. choice. So we let them go, like we let them run, then they found general space, right? They found general space. Yeah. Uh which was 
PJ Post Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slight, slightly closer to Krakow. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then uh, they, they were doing shows there. So it was, it was okay. Like, okay, good. You found a venue. Good for you. Okay, you found a venue. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, then, then I remember they started doing weekend shows. And it was good. We didn't mind at all. At all. We didn't... Uh, there was no quarrel whatsoever. What happened was... Uh, we started doing Tuesday new material night. Mm. Okay? And yeah. we did Tuesday new material night, basically a free show for headliners to do it. Because the reason why, because Wednesday, there was two, remember Wednesday shows were getting packed with comics, man. We had 24 yeah, in one night. Ah, so I needed yeah. to keep the show nice and short. I said, headliners, come and do a Tuesday. We do free show uh, workshop night. And I remember this incident and I'll never forget it because it really, I really felt it was it was a confirmation that there was some bad vibes going on, okay? Uh, mm. When somebody, I'm not sure who, was hosting the show and plugged in our Tuesday new material night at at Crack House. Okay, Tuesday night, we have new material night. And one of the boys from One Mic Stand booed on that plug. Mm. Boo! And I felt like well, that was a bit unnecessary. And first of all, that's rude. From a comedian to heckle in a negative way at another show is completely out of line, number one. Number two, mm-hmm. why are you expressing your your disapproval of us running a show on Tuesday night when you were already doing weekend shows and nobody made noise about it? Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I mean? So mm-hmm. I really, that, that confirmed that there was some bad vibes. And I did not know why. I really wish I had just addressed it. I wish I had just called them out and said, guys, what's the problem? What is it? What is it? What did I do? What did I do? I really want to know. What did I do? I offered you mm-hmm. my space. I offered you. I've even brought down Prakash and Brian to JB Arts Festival to perform in front of the Princess of Johor. Mm-hmm. And they've always seemed to keep very distant from from any workings with Crack House. And I really, really didn't know why. I, I really, really didn't know why. But you know what? Uh, it is what it is. We are still running our open mic night. One mic stand has somehow now turned to a, uh, a self-serving, uh, uh, what do you call it, circle jerk session between you know, Kieran and Brian. They, they're just talking to each other, pandering to their 19, 20 followers on Facebook and all that. I mean, it's it's... It's it's not what it used to be, lah. It's not what it stood for in the beginning, which was to, which was to find new talent, breed new talent, and train them to become yeah. better comedians, whether open micer or corporate comedian, whatever. Yeah. That was what one mic stand used to yeah. be. Now it seems yeah. to be some kind of play tool for them to somehow go by the fact that they make, that they have some kind of career. Uh, it's very upsetting, very upsetting. And then what happened was. Oh yeah, uh, Joke Factory took over took over one mic stand right at some point. Mm, yeah, and, and guess what? Joke Factory has a KL postcode. Ah, so what happened to your PJ postcode? Yeah, this is when this is when Shankar Santiram wrote the article. <coughs> mm. If you can find back the day when one mic stand moved to Joke Factory, you'll also mm. find an article written by Shankar in NST saying that how he was a bit disappointed when they did that because we had already offered our place on Tuesday night and mm. we, you know what I mean? Like we just felt like we felt that some level of betrayal uh, 
not like we owe, we are owed anything. Actually, maybe betrayal is a bit of a strong word. I don't know. We just felt fucked over in some way. You know what I mean? Mm. We felt like, you know what I mean? Like, if anything, we also have that friendship. We had that friendship firsthand. Harik is a great guy, famous, all right? Yeah, yeah, great, great guy. But in, remember in the beginning, it was just us. Do you remember? Gajan, you mm. remember? It was just yeah, us. Yeah, it was there, first episode, yeah. Yeah, it was just us. It was just us. Haris came along, did a spot once in a while, packed up the house, but then he would go. We are the ones that still came back every week. Every week. We shop. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too... Uh, mm. I don't want to dwell too, too, too deep into it, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I, I, I do miss uh, One Mic Stand. I do, uh, just now you forgot to mention, actually, One, one Mic Stand had the tagline, uh, Malaysia's... Uh, premium weekly open mic. They had the word like premium weekly because it felt like a very, it felt very nice to perform at one mic stand and uh, to be honest with you, I, I'm, I also feel sad uh, that it, uh, it has uh, it's gone uh, because I was been telling everyone that, you know, when Time Out died, I was like telling, you know, hey, let's let's keep one mic stand alive. Let's keep Crack House alive. You know, let's keep all the clubs alive because yeah. that's what that keeps the, that's what that keeps the scene alive, right? If everything keeps dying, then uh, we're going to build again, you know, like, so yeah, I think everyone feels the same. Like it's sad, sad to see. Uh, uh, yeah, one of yeah. Malaysia's longest. In fact, Malaysia's longest uh, weekly open mic night. Die. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, if you want to, if you want to get technical about it, I mean, I think Open Crack has already uh, for six years running relentlessly week after week. I think we've already uh, overshot them in the longest running. Uh, term, uh, term. You know what I mean? They're not even running anymore. Mm, yeah, 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 correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know yeah, what. So what correct, yeah, people used to know a one mic stand. People used to always say, "Oh, isn't one mic stand a club in Jaya One?" I remember people used to used to always come up to me, "Oh, there's that that place, one mic stand in Jaya One." I'm like, "No, so you know, and I had to correct them." Now I don't hear about them anymore. Nobody, people, people are more into people. People more recognize crack house if anything. So I'm not worried line anymore. I'm just a bit. I'm just a little bit sad and a little bit disappointed and yeah. you know that 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 it all sort of didn't work out the way it should have it could have been so much bigger it, you know the collaborations would have been huge one mic stand could I mean in my mind I mean this is just saying one mic stand could be its own comedy club it, it could have yeah, it had, right, the, yeah. na- the name was there the manpower was there the drive was there the talent was there Correct, uh, yeah. All we needed to do was just collaborate. We co- all of us collaborate together. Uh, and when I when I say all of us, I mean Crack House. Like Crack House and One Mic Stand, we could have collaborated. We could have shared headliners. Yeah. You know, first weekend, you take them. Next weekend, I take them. Or first weekend, I take them. Next weekend, you take them. You take Tuesday, I take Wednesday. You take, you know what I mean? Like we could have, yeah. it would have done tremendous. But I don't know. It, just, it became some kind of weird competitive vibe that eventually became... Something that was just handed over to in in the name of I don't know fame and glory because they thought that because Joke Factory carried Harry's name so they thought that it would propel them to the next level and it it totally didn't it totally didn't if anything at all Harry's hijacked the Tuesday night uh, Joke Factory hijacked Tuesday night from one mic stand it's like as though Joke Factory needed a night to do open mic like okay we needed we need an open mic night when should we do it oh yeah how do we run it. Oh, let's take one mic stand module. Okay, they took one mic stand module. Then when one mic stand ran it there, then okay, we know how they run. Okay, now we don't need you. Okay, bye. You can go now. And then uh, that gave birth to 
the what's it called TJF open mic, which is now every mm. Tuesday. So it's like, damn, you were used and abused, and now you're just sad, lah, sad, very sad. Mm. What what could have been and what has happened is very sad. Anyway, rambling over. Thank you. Uh, it's nice to talk it out. I wanted to yeah yeah to 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 tell somebody about you know how I felt about all that, and it felt good. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> <laughs> no, no, it's good that you speak it out because I don't know whether you, I <clears throat> we had this conversation about how comedians should be brave enough to talk to each other, you know, in the name of transparency, because if we keep things, you know, behind our backs, this is what happens, uh, like you know, or oh, burn bridges or things don't work out. Yeah, it's a good thing that you're voicing out, you know, because to be honest, I don't know all the details you've mentioned. I heard of it, but uh, not everything you've mentioned, I'm actually aware of it. Like I totally didn't know about the 2016 one. Like when they and they left PGLA. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that, yeah, there's a lot of collaborations that Crack House either Crack House sought after but didn't get, and there were even collaborations to get into Crack House that didn't happen. One in particular, mm. and I'll be happy to tell you, is when two uh, was when after we dismissed Jonathan uh, for uh, for for thieving for for stealing money right from the company, we, yeah, we yeah. dismissed him formally from the. From the company uh, and uh, and banned him from the club, we got approached by Mr. Harris Skanda and his uh, his wife uh, J- mm. Jasmine to yeah. buy into Krakow, mm. uh, and uh, it was and we were so blown away. I, I couldn't believe that this offer was coming in. Uh, so my initial reaction was, "Wow, what an honor!" And this will surely bring us to the next level. And thank you for considering us. But as you know, I run this is a partnership with Shankar. I need to speak to him first before I give you any answer. Of course, which is a reasonable answer, right? Right? Yeah. yeah, right? yeah. Then I walk away from that meeting and I immediately call Shankar. Exciting, excitedly, okay, calling Shankar. Shankar picks up yeah. the phone. Shankar, you won't believe what I just heard. And then he said, Harith wants to buy into the club. And I was like, eh, how do you know? He said, he already told me yesterday. Oh, he had a meeting with you yesterday. Ah. I said, yeah. And he didn't, you didn't uh, call me or anything like that. So no, he said, he just turned up or he, they made, you know, he, he, he wanted to meet me. He, I, I didn't know it was about Crack House. He didn't know it was about Crack House. He thought it was about something else, about his training or something like that. I'm like, oh, why didn't, if he was going to make a deal to Crack House, why wouldn't he sit down with us together? You know what I mean? I thought that was a little bit weird. I mean, everybody knows Crack House is me and Shankar, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why would you sit down with us separately? Anyway, this this was a little bit weird. So oh. then me and Shankar sat down and we wrote down the pros and cons of letting Harris into the company and running Crack House. Ah, that's the consulting side, uh, Shankar. Consulting side. <laughs> I used to do that for five years, bro. So the pros Table, were the yeah. pros were that we would be spiffing up we would upgrade the place we would run uh, we would look very the, the look it would look very nice uh the cons were that we would lose our underground edge uh, yeah we would lose our soul in a sense yeah because uh, crack, uh see like performing at both places i can tell you very different vibe Oh yeah, like yeah, Crackhouse yeah, yeah. should remain yeah. Crackhouse. Joke Factory yes, should remain yes. Joke Factory, I think, and I think it's, it's very nice. Yeah. So, so, so with all with all due respect to the big man, and uh, we we respectfully 
declined the offer, but we asked if we could reconsider in the next three years. And so that was our, that was me and Shankar's final conclusive, conclusive answer to Harith and company was thank you, but we would like to run it on our own and we would like to discuss a collaboration in about two or three years' time, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, that was our answer. And I think that kind of, that kind of, went down as a bad tone to them. Nobody says no to the Godfather. I mean, it's Godfather. He gives you an offer you shouldn't refuse. <laughs> and there we were refusing his offer because we just felt like we, we would... Yeah, as you said, like, now, that they've, now that you've seen how they run their club, and you know that it's in directly contrast, I say, opposite of what we are going for. Can you imagine how working together, do you think just on a very shallow, off-the-top-of-your-head level, do you think it mm. would have worked? No, uh, because uh, different frequent, different wavelength, there you different go. style, different there vibe, you go. different energy. Yeah. There you go. We foresaw this. Uh. We foresaw... Is that the right word? Foresaw? We kind of figured that out, that we are two different entities, although we are in the yeah. same sort of line. Yeah. And not to say so good we, or bad, I mean, both clubs uh, are good in their own way, but they are just different. Correct. Di- total different energy, yeah. Thank you. And so so we did it. And I I think this kind of put us in a bad light from them. At least I mm. think so. This is now my perspective now. This is nothing yeah. concrete. I just it kind of did because then the the relationship with Harris also started to dwindle away. Uh what happened uh and and it and it it really tipped during the 2016 uh, funniest person in the world competition. Yeah, uh, when, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we decided to be to take a neutral stance in supporting both Jason and Harris' entry into the into the competition, and may the best man win. We are proud that two sons of Malaysia are going for the crown. Yeah, and uh, two friends to the scene, two headliners of the crack house, uh, two great talents. May the best man win. That was our stance. We relayed this message to Jason. Jason was fine with it. He 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 threw in a quick joke about how hey, can you uh, maybe put Harris' uh, uh, post at two o'clock in the morning? Ha 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 ha! It was a joke. I laughed a little bit. I was like, ah, oh, you cheeky bastard. Uh, good one. Uh, mm-hmm. But no. And then I relayed that message over to Harris' side, and that to them seemed as though seemed like some kind of act of betrayal. It was some kind of, I was then called out for turning my back on Harith, being unappreciative of what he's been done. I was called out for being just, I, I, was, I was being called out things that I, that made me cry that day. <laughs> uh, mm. And, uh, you know, I, I felt, until this day, I felt that was a bit unfair. And mm. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm. I got really shaken up then. My, I mm. felt like my whole world was breaking down because this was this was Harith Iskandar you're talking about. I I yeah. known him since I was I've you know what I mean. I met him since I was I met him when I was 15 years old. I became his friend when I was about 20 20 years 21 years old. Yeah, yeah it it was devastating to say the yeah, very. I can imagine. I mean, like when you I started know? comedy in 2012, like uh, one of your, what do you call that? 
I think in your bio back then, like there was Harith that said uh, one of the what the future of Malaysian comedy. I still have those articles. Actually. Yeah, my, yeah, my, yeah. My my dad kept kept them. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I I I tried to 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 mend the whatever went wrong. Yeah. I, I messaged mm. him and I messaged him and I messaged him and I said, dude, I somehow pissed off your missus. Please let me rectify this. I don't know what exactly did I do wrong. I do not mean to disrespect you in any way. I think you have done a lot for us, which he has. And I did not know that all those times I asked you to perform, it was like as though that, you know, it was like do it or die kind of thing. I really asked you for whether you can perform for the time and for the price that we pay every other headliner. Mm. Uh, and and I didn't know that I I don't know I just I just wanted to make it right, and then the yeah. response I got from him was quite cold, and I honestly think it really wasn't him. I think it was not him at all. If I know Harris, Harris is not like that, man. You know, I I really to this very day still do not believe the last messages sent to me by Harris was written by Harris. I have a feeling it was his missus. This is just my 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 opinion. I'm not thing is concrete or anything like that but it's just what I think it's just my own way of justifying what happened you know mm, mm. because it was really sad I I know I you know I, I I yeah one of the darkest moments darkest times of running crack house was that bridge being burned yeah no I mean like uh, even the rest of us felt it in fact after that incident I actually had a chat with Brian, uh, Kieran, like basically the 2012 batch. And I said, hey, look, if we have anything that we are unhappy, we better talk it out. Huh? Don't keep, you know, like behind. Let's just be transparent, just face to face. And then let's iron it out and not uh, burn bridges. Huh? And uh, thankfully, so far, it's been okay with my ba- with my batch and the, the, you know, the younger badges as well. But yeah, hopefully we don't see like... Uh, incidents because like, I, I can only imagine if it's painful for us I I can't really imagine what's you know going on for you someone like you said you've known him like like since 21 years old from uh, perform shared stages with him so many times so yeah because yeah. Uh, like the rest of the comics also you know we were like always thinking if everyone got together I think KL can actually have like a nice comedy festival like imagine if the you know like with one mic stand, you got like crack house, we've got the laugh factory, you got joke factory, and then those who yeah. wanna have solo, then bam, yeah. one festival. You know, all yeah. collaborate, you know, like Yes. We we have everything to start an industry. You're right. We have com- we have com- we have talent. We have talent. Yeah. We have we have we have comedy producers of bigger of big scales of LOL Asia, of the big scales, and then yeah. we have the club scale, which is crack yep. house. So, yeah. and then on top of that, we have people, we have producers, writers, uh, and uh, uh, you know what I mean? That, that are savvy with stand-up and just comedy in general. Uh, you know, talking about Shamin Uthman, Papi Zach, mm. and now even Stephen Bones. You know what I mean? These people are, are comedy savvy. So mm. you're right. We have the resources to build our industry. All we need is just some collaboration, uh, yeah. transparency, and some sense of how do I say this? Uh, some sense of some sense of sharing, love, You know, mm. not to I don't know what the English equivalent is to bolot. You know, b- 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 bolot. 
Bolot, I know lah. But bolot, bolot, bolot. You know when you play football in school, you never pass the ball. You bolot. Oh. Ah, you know uh, what I mean. Uh, you, 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 don't be, don't be too self-centered. Stingy lah, I think lah. Yeah. You know, don't don't hog the ball, pass the ball. Basically, be a team player lah. Be a team yeah. player. Work yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you know what. Actually, comics uh, need to start uh, thinking from uh, what you call that bigger picture, like a holistic. Cannot just think of yourself, but look at the scene from a bigger scale. Like you know, last time when I host shows, right? I just host like a normal person. But now when I host, and I find out that uh, people are not at the show because of the headliner. People are just there for a comedy show. Uh, of course, I'll feel bad for the headliner, but it's actually very good for the scene. It shows that they are regularly coming for a show, regardless who it is, because they know the show has got a certain quality. You get what I mean? Like they are regular customers; they are constantly. And if this number of uh, customers just keep increasing, you know, whoever can headline and bam, you got a full show because they want to watch a quality comedy show, regardless Correct. who it is. So, and, and this thinking is from a bigger picture, you know, like an industry. Like a scene picture, because I started to notice there were there, there were some audience who were like from Joke Factory, from Crack House, and I keep seeing them, and I know ah, these are regulars for a comedy scene. They are not here for the headliner. They are comedy fans, and if you know in the in the long term, if every comedian can think that way to just grow these people, and um, you know you'll see more shows selling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you 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 know, I mean, it also. It's easy for you to say, you know, Gajin, because you yeah. and I, because you and I, you, you, we are, we are, we are the, we are the, we are the like uh, generic stand-up uh, style of the Malaysian brand. You know what I mean? Like there's some, mm. some of us don't have, don't ex- exude. Is that the word? Don't exude that confidence, that that charisma. That perhaps you and I are natural can naturally do. You understand what I mean? So like, but how is that related to the audience? I I don't get what you're saying. I mean, like you and I, we we are we are charismatic. We're very positive. We're very loud. We're high energy performers. You and I. So okay. for so for us, for for you to, I mean, for you, I mean. Hold on, I'm trying to. You mean like positive thinking? Like to say the scene will grow bigger. I see more regular audience, whereas those who are like low energy, they don't, they may not think like that. Yeah, exactly. Those who are low oh. energy, the one-liners, the ones that are only good in clubs but not in corporate, they might, they might struggle to, to come up. You know what I mean? But the ones that are, that are like. Yeah, I don't know how to articulate this part. No, no, I, I think I know. Basically, the why of going up on stage. A lot of people, why is just to, ah, I make sure I make them laugh and, yeah, make them laugh, but everyone knows that. But the why needs to be yeah, deeper. Yeah. Ah, so, yes, here's, here's what I'm saying. You and I have our, we know our voice. Ah, this is it. We know, you and I, we know our voice. And we, mm. we performed ourselves and we built our brand through that voice, okay? But there are some comedians who, some open micers who haven't yet found their voice. So we have mm. to keep the scene running simultaneously while these other acts are still trying to find their voice. And if we yeah. don't interject and bring our experience and our sort of, uh, bring our, uh, uh, if, we, if we don't interject and help run shows and headline once in a while, 
audiences will be put off comedies because all they see is a bunch of acts trying to find their voice. But if you go to an yeah. open mic night and out of say 10 performers, you watch five acts who are trying, haven't found their voice yet. And then the other five acts found their voice and are killing it. Most likely you will come back again. So those five are essentially holding the show together. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to say oh there are some comedians that are shit. Actually, you know, I am saying it. <laughs> no, no, I, I guess mean, it'll take a know, while. Yeah. yeah, but it's, it's, it's natural. It's natural. We were all yeah. shit when we started. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, definitely, you, yeah, definitely. And, and, and shit not in terms of like whether your jokes are good or not. Are you confident on stage or not? Have you found your voice or not? Like I noticed yeah. like, okay, I noticed like for example, this, this, that, 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 uh, that, that comedian from Kerala, Yash, uh, Yash. He, yeah, killed, yeah. he killed it last Wednesday. But you know how long it took him to get to that point where he's now uh, nice to listen to? He, mm. he It took him a while, you know. Brian, uh, Brian, when he first started, no charisma whatsoever. Zero charisma. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The, Zero. Yeah. And it One took him at least, yeah. it, dude, it took him two years to find, uh, uh, you know, a, a charismatic uh, tone in correct. his voice. 2015, yeah, three years, yeah, I remember. Three him, years, okay, then he switched, him, he left yeah, the one-liner style. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he can still do one-liners, but I'm just saying that his yeah. voice, his demeanor, his, it took him that long. So it, within, but during the period of him finding his voice, we were there to make sure the show was at least watchable. <laughs> People were able to come back. Mm-hmm. I realize now what I sound like. Like, but it's true lah you know what I mean it's like that's why I mm. value headliners that's why you know when you go to an open mic night be thankful that there are other headliners there because at least yeah. that you know that the show will be good you know if you go yeah. to an open mic night and it's just open micers that's rough man that's a lot of weight on your shoulders to make people leave the venue to think oh that was a good night but you have to be honest with yourself, lah, to know where you lie in comedy. Where you have you truly found your voice, or ha, or are mm. you still struggling to find your voice, or are you writing jokes without? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah there's some deep stuff there. Okay, I got the last question before we we got a quiz. Uh, last okay. question is okay. I want to talk about this is uh, from my point of view where I see crack house. Do you think that Crack House will be like the comedy seller of Asia? Wow! Like the, the play. I know, I know, it's a big. I know it's a it's a big statement. But you, as a as a like a runner of Crack House, where where would you want to see Crack House the next five ten years? What is your like goal? Still, still running, still, still running, still running, still open, still open three four nights a week. Uh, mm. If if the opportunity for us to uh, there is an opportunity for us to move to a bigger venue to accommodate more people, to expand, yes, we will take that. But at the very least, we'd still like to be running and still still open. Uh, mm. I mean, in regards to being the comedy seller of Malaysia, you know this very... You no, Asia. Really, I was saying Asia. Like... Asia. You, you really, I mean, you, you really can't, you can't really compare because America has a comedy scene from the, from the, from, from the 20s, from the 1920s. Yeah. Uh, as a po- or was it later than that? I don't know. Uh, Lenny Bruce. Basically, uh, way earlier, la. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so you cannot, you cannot compare. Uh, but yeah, as, definitely. as, but we, we are, we are like a 
hole in the wall uh, kind of a venue, uh, very grungy, very underground, very uh, yeah. So in that sense, the vibe is of a, an American comedy club, possibly yeah. as possibly as of global standard as the Comedy Cellar. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. By the way, one of my headphones battery just ran out, and I'm looking at the battery level, and it's quite low actually. Looking at three three percent on my right ear only. Oh damn! Okay, anyway, we are ready towards the last part. <clears throat> okay, result. Uh, result. In every episode, I'll have uh, like a quiz. It's called Just Answer Lah. It's uh, it's a quick fire question. Yeah, uh, you have to good. pick either A or B. Okay, okay, there's no right or wrong. It's just uh, just for fun. Okay, so okay. Uh, I'm going to start off with the first question. Okay. Perform stand-up comedy at a late-night show. Would you pick Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Oh wow, Jimmy Fallon. Okay, watch a comedy special live. Uh, will you pick Bill Burr or Ricky Gervais? Bill Burr. Okay, eat curry pop or pisang goreng? <laughs> pisang goreng. Milo or Nescafe? Bro? Can I have both together? I think they call it Neslo, right? Nes- uh, okay, lah. Normally, I'll allow only to pick one, lah. <laughs> Since you're you're having trouble uh, breathing. Neslo, lah. They got Neslo, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, I got Neslo. Okay, we'll go Neslo. <laughs> I know it's a big, uh, it's a nice segue, isn't it? That's the whole idea, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, go on a holiday to Sabah or Sarawak. Sabah, lah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay, do a comedy tour in UK or US? Oh, UK. Okay, I expected that as well. Yeah. Uh, act in a movie with Jack Black or Jim Carrey? Jack Black. Okay, uh, migrate. this is the last question. Migrate to Zimbabwe or Iraq? <laughs> Zimbabwe? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Shit. Holy shit, dude. That's a tough one, man. Oh, I know, right? Fuck, man. So Zimbabwe. Zim lah. Zim. Because yeah, yeah. we know we know Carl Joshua Gilbe. Yeah. So, and uh, Iraq, you, you never know what war is going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zim, Zim lah. Zimbabwe. Yeah. Zimbabwe. yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's it. That's it, Rizal. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Rizal, for being part of uh, episode 9. It's uh, nice to hear you share certain things that I didn't even know. Uh, yeah, very interesting yeah. to hear. I, it felt good airing them out. I really enjoyed the chat. I'm so sorry for rambling at some points. I know you'll have a tough time editing a lot of the stuff that I went through that doesn't make sense. I'm sure there was a bunch of stuff I said that did not make sense at all. So I'm no, sorry. dude, I'm not editing, bro. It's it's all in. I I mean, I'm listening to it. It, it feels very real, bro. As long as it's real, uh, people want to listen. Doesn't matter if it's uh, her. Hey, nice yeah. That's very yeah, yeah. You. Uh, Keep it real, because you know you've always been the uh, shirt tucked in. Uh, you know, uh, I know. I was finding my voice also, <laughs> and that, and I found my voice. Then, uh, yeah, I started talking about transparency. Then I realized comedy oh, yeah. can't be good if you don't if you're not transparent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, to all the listeners, uh, uh, please remember that uh, Rizal Van Gezel, as I mentioned, is the co-founder of Crack House Comedy Club. Uh, do check out their Facebook page, Instagram page. Uh, they have uh, comedy shows every single week. Uh, so yeah, uh, please follow them on social media. And Rizal Van Gezel, uh, thank you so much once again. And that's the end of episode 9. Thank you. Bye. Bye.